Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my lovely co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we are going to talk about something that we had posted on Instagram that has gotten a lot of comments and a lot of likes and just a lot of shares. And so we thought that maybe this would be a great episode for all of you because I think it resonates. So today's episode is about what we want to remind you is remember that once you dreamed of being where you are now. I'm going to repeat that. Remember that once you dreamed of being where you are now. So I just want that to sit with you guys for just a second because there was a place that we were and that we've dreamed of and we're here. All right. But before that, I want to go on and tell you guys or share with you guys a awesome review that we received on the podcast. This is from Lady in Charge. And the review starts with, these two are awesome. I'm obsessed with this podcast. I love listening to these ladies chat about all things business. They are very knowledgeable and have a ton of experience to back them up. I literally feel like I'm best friends with these ladies because their podcast is so personable. And then a couple cry laugh emojis. (laughs) That's us. Keep up the amazing work, ladies. So thank you, lady in charge. And if you want to DM us on Instagram, we would love to thank you personally. Um, And so thank you. Thank you. We also feel like we're friends with all of you and we are so appreciative of you listening. So before we get into the podcast, just to let you all know that this podcast is sponsored by the Product Boss programs we are launching in August, which are our masterminds and group coaching. Right now we are taking uh, signups for the waitlist because we do have a waitlist and anyone on the waitlist is going to get the priority signup spot. If you're listening to this in the future, it might be time to apply or it could be closed. So make sure that you guys take action on this because you're only going to have a few weeks just sign up and then register for the masterminds. So if you're interested in growing your business, working with the two of us, really getting into the nitty gritty of your business and seeing some major changes happen over the next few months, we would love for you to get on the waitlist and then and eventually apply. And then we'd love to meet you just like our other masterminders. So shout out to the product boss masterminders. So if you're interested, head over to the slash mastermind. Well, thank you for that beautiful intro. So let's say that one more time. Okay. That quote, remember that once you dreamed of being where you are now, I love it. So in January, let's take it back a little. What did you dream about for yourself? right here, right now, mid-year. You know what's crazy is that we got all spun up and thought we were going to launch a course (laughs) and create this digital business. And we pulled the plug because we said, oh my God. We just, we started feeling um, 
FOMO, or I'm not sure that maybe we weren't doing something correctly in our business. And so we planned a bunch, we stopped. And so I thought, I didn't know where we were going to be. I guess where we are, we have literally just dropped a course that sold (laughs) so well. And I'm so proud of us. So I actually don't think I knew this is where we're going to be. Um, I don't (laughs) think that I knew that the product boss was going to honestly surpass our other businesses pretty quickly. Like there, this business is growing. The podcast is growing amazingly. And the people that we're working with, it's just, I actually don't think I could have forecasted this for this year. Yeah, I totally did not. Um, I'm much more invested in our masterminders and our clients and our strategy sessions and coaching itself and teaching. I love it so much. I'm obsessed as lady in charge said. Um, and I never thought I'd be this obsessed. You know, it was something that I thought would still be what it was last year, where it was to a particular day and it just grew and grew even in my own like body and soul and head and heart, you know, all of it. So I think that that was something totally unexpected for me. But even we, into our DMs and our emails, we get messages every day from one of them, somebody that we have worked with in our programs that has told us some amazing, incredible win where it just almost like validates the work we've put into it and the community we've grown Mm -hmm. because holy moly, this community. And so, yeah, I think that also like just, I also, I've had a client-based business for 12 years. It's my 12... 12th anniversary for Designer Consulting Co-op. Happy anniversary. Thank you. It's a lot of anniversaries right now um, <laughs> for business. But uh, yeah, so um, I've always worked for my clients, but the, and I love my clients because I used to have crazy deliverables, like entire clothing lines. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, halfway around the world. Or in Los Angeles where I was in the factory with the thread and the fabric. But like, you know, oh, here's your 1,200 pieces of leggings. Mm-hmm. Um, that you that spend was, millions on. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> so I used to have these deliverables. I was working for them. I had to deliver the stuff. Now this like collaborative community that we've created, whether it's in our Facebook community, whether it's on Instagram, it's like supporting each other. It's offering ideas. It's us being visionaries for them. It's giving them step-by-step strategies. And so it just feels like this really lovely exchange. Yeah, for sure. And I even feel it in little labels. I kind of built little labels in a bubble for sure. Right. I have my husband who works with me, I have my sisters who help me, but goal setting definitely was just me by myself. And that's the thing, like, I think finding you as a biz bestie, as Mm -hmm. people say, but I just want to tell everybody, because everyone was very into this whole biz bestie idea and everybody wanted to find a biz bestie. And what I'm seeing kind of evolve from biz bestie is this like these business friends, like these, this business community, like shout out to like Amanda Bolin in in Chicago from She Did It Her Way or Natalie Gingrich. Like these are our friends doing amazing things and we're, and we're in different states from them. We're all in different states, but we're like, we're close to them. And these people are business people that know intricacies of our business. They know like our ups and downs. They know our wins. There's certain people that we're able to share this with. And I think that comes out of like participating in this online community of like joining masterminds and being a part of um, events and things like that. Right. Should we take it back to where we were going to be when we grew up? Yeah. So when I was a little girl, I didn't dream any of this. What did you dream? I thought I was for sure 100% going to be a writer. So I could be behind a computer, churning out books, 
I knew I still wanted to make money. So I wanted to be Dean Koontz. That was my favorite author of all time. Do you know who that is? He writes yeah. like, okay. Well, he, like I've read everything that he has written and he has a way of going from character to character in his books. And I was like, he is so creative in the, the structure of his writing. I want to do creative structures in my writing too. And so that's who I wanted to be. And so when you were in high school... What was the plan? Like you were going to go to college and be what when you grew up? I was probably going to be um, like a professor because, but I wasn't quite sure because I remember one time I was a tutor and they had me go up in front of the room to speak. And they were like, just do something really quick, like teach somebody how to play dodgeball. And I literally froze. I couldn't even come up with the words of how to teach dodgeball. And I was like, okay, well, that's it. My dreams have been squashed in that 30 seconds of you push, pushing me to show up on stage. So yeah, that's when I decided I did not want to be a professor, decided not to get my PhD. and But I still thought I was going to be a writer. And then I honestly just that's why I'm a self-taught graphic designer. Like it chose me. And then you got your MBA. Yeah, but I always knew I was going to school. Um, I'm just, I love to learn. So what about you? So really quick though. So you dreamed of being where you are now. So then how did you get to where you are now? Like, what did you, because by the way, you were somewhat of a professor because now we have- I know. I turns out I love teaching. I just didn't have a voice for it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm blown away. So I think that I had to take, you you hear everybody's journey, right? I literally had to start this podcast to learn how to speak like a normal person. And then, so I I had to shove you into consulting. (laughs) Literally drag me me into consulting with a caveat of that I didn't have to do it forever. And I agreed. Um, And then I ended up, it's like you knew. And then, so I think all these things happen for a reason. And I would never have become comfortable with it unless I was pushed out of my comfort zone. And I couldn't have done it by myself. Obviously, Mina teaches dodgeball. Shuts down. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jack is like, well, here's the ball, blah, blah, blah. Mina, come up here. You can do it. I did not speak in night school. I was also too self-conscious. Um, but yeah, I think that's crazy because, and and you are an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. which makes you different than your sisters, right? Well, no, no, your, some of your sisters are. But, but they but- never were before. I had to kind of break that mold. And they, and still my parents don't quite know, like I've said, what I do. They just know that. Do you know what the top 100 (laughs) Apple business podcast charts are? We were in it. They just don't worry about me because they know that I can take care of myself. I always thought that um, I was going to be an entrepreneur only because I was really happened to be really skilled at digital stuff. That's when Elance was around, which is now Upwork. And... (laughs) I had an Elance account. We could have met there. Yes. And there was PageMaker before that and all those things. And so I just was digitally inclined and I was like, hey, I can just do these things because I'm good at figuring things out. So we are not afraid to tell you guys that we are driven by money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I say that in the nicest way. We are people that we love having businesses that are profitable and we're proud of ourselves that as women, we can do this, that we could surpass any salary that we could have in our like corporate lives and our corporate worlds by ourselves. So 
did you ever, as you were growing up, did you have like salary goals or money goals that you wanted because of where you are now? Like Mina just turned 40. She would be blasted all over Instagram. So we're not afraid <laughs> to share it on the podcast. I know. No, I mean, not really. I always felt like I was going to make a lot of money. I mean, my parents pretty much were like, as long as you don't end up in the factory and you make a lot of money, all like in my head, you know how people have like this idea of money is evil? Well, we didn't grow up with that. Neither did we. Ours was money is the root of all opportunity, not the root of evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like rich people have it so easy. Seize the opportunity or somebody else will quicker and faster than you can. And, and then also it was always like, if, as long as you're smart enough, you can do it. And I always knew that. I knew I was smart enough. And I'm not saying that to be like uh, egotistical. I just was very gifted in taking tests. And so that was like a validation for me is if I could take a test quickly, that means I'm smart. If I'm smart, that means I can make money. If I make money, that means I'm successful, you know? So I would have been obviously the exact opposite of you in class. <laughs> I would have eye-rolled you when you raised your hand first to say that you had just finished your test. Then in college though, when you're done, you get to leave. I was the yeah. first one out the door. Oh, and I was like the last one because I have to think through things, <laughs> <laughs> like really think through them, like make sure I know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, so you saw it as opportunity. So did you dream of being where you are now? When I was little, no, I think you have no idea of who you're going to be. And I knew, honestly, I knew that I was going to be successful. I just did not know how. And did and is this the how that I thought I was going to be successful? In? No, absolutely not. Um, I will say like, if I'm going to just reflect back to you that you probably dreamed of being a, a good parent, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And you wanted to f- not work in the factories like your parents. You wanted to be smart. You've got all sorts of degrees. Like you've had your own business. You've, you can support yourself if you need to. Um, you can buy all the things that you probably want to buy. I'm not saying that that's validation, but like there's, you did dream of being, you know, I mean, what, did you ever dream of having a voice? Never. Did and you wish that you could speak? Like, no, in written word, yes. But, <laughs> but not like when you got up and you wanted your professor, God, I wish I could have done that. Or you were like, I'm oh, cool. No, I was so mad at them for pushing me. So it was more like, blaming someone else. Like I was young and I was like, how could they mortify me like that? <laughs> now I'm like ripping the microphone out of her hand. Out of that. <laughs> Mina, put the mic down. Mina? <laughs> no. So yeah, but I think you dreamed of being the woman that you are now. And I think that's... Yeah. But you know, none of my dreams really... I do. I've always dreamt of being a mom and I've always dreamt that I was going to have either two boys or two girls, like the mom of two kids. Are you the mom and the entrepreneur that you thought that you were going to be when you first started back in... Oh, I started in 2007. Seven. Okay. I didn't plan on being a mom. Not that I... didn't? mm -hmm. Not that I didn't plan on being a mom. It was... I grew up with a mom that had five kids and her options were limited because she had five kids. There were a lot of opportunities she missed. And being the oldest of five kids, there was a lot of babies around, you Mm -hmm. know, and the responsibility of like taking care of these kids and stuff. So really my goal was that for me, I didn't know what I wanted to be in high school. Um, I think, I think I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be something with a really good, you know, degree that made money that was like powerful in a way, not Mm -hmm. a doctor, like prestigious. 
Yeah. Not a doctor, maybe a lawyer. Actually, but when I was thinking, let me go backwards, actually thinking back in my life, I remember thinking I was an artist. I would draw and paint. Um, and I was also smart and was, and I was quite witty and, um, but I wouldn't speak. I wasn't up in front of panels or anything like that or on the debate team. I wanted to go to Boston university and go into advertising because I figured I could mix creativity, like my thought creativity, my skill of, uh, creating with my hands. And then also that it was like a career, like Mm -hmm. with a, you know, that you could grow in. Yeah. I didn't, even though I like, I didn't plan on getting married young. I didn't plan on having kids because to me, kids were going to stop my career. And my most important thing was my career. So it is actually interesting also where we ended up because I didn't want to get a a degree just in fine arts. I went to UC Santa Barbara at first and I didn't want to get a degree in fine arts because like, what's that going to do for me? No offense if anyone did it, but I was just like, that wasn't, you know, the path. Well, you did do it. (laughs) The cut to, I left UC to go to art school. No offense to all the people like me that got one. <laughs> Just at the UC, there was no like, they're not going to place you, right? But I went right. to Otis College of Art and Design, which was like the number one art school in LA for fashion and toy design and all that. And that, I mean, I got I got hired. I literally graduated and moved to Florida the next day to design for Cosabella, like a beautiful lingerie Italian company that I show up and they're like, yeah, you're the designer. Like, who? And me? Mm-hmm. But, and that's why that was like a good move because it was, it was a BFA, but then also they placed me. So how did I find my way there though? Was that I had gone, you know, I, I told my story already, but, um, that I kind of got envious of somebody that I found out was going into fashion because fashion to me just wasn't something that was an actual job for some reason. It just, you know, they don't really promote the arts in school so much or like tell you all the careers you could potentially have. So it took, it just wasn't it wasn't a career option. When you went to like career options, Mm -hmm. that was not a career option. Right. Right. So I think I just, I wanted, like you said, it was my freedom, like going to college, getting a degree, making my own money. was my own personal freedom to make the life I wanted to make financially. I really wanted stability. I wanted to be known for something, Mm -hmm. not known globally, known just like within whatever industry I was in. I got all these really cool opportunities where people just relied on me and trusted me with these like humongous things that I think I had no place in doing. Obviously I did, but I, at that age, and then kind of, you know, started this business at 26. I started designer consulting call up at 26. And so, um, and that grew into something that I never imagined. But the craziest thing was I remember like setting a goal and I was like, I want to have the time I'm 30, (laughs) a 30. That was a big, did you have financial, a financial goal? No, it's like I wanted to have a runway fashion show. Okay. Um, I wanted to be the head designer of a company. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted my clothing to be worn by celebrities and on TV. So let me tell you how that one played out. I was um, the designer for Jamie Presley's clothing line, Jean by Jamie Presley. And we were on The View. We were on the Tyra Banks show, um, the, my clothes. We had a fashion show at the Roosevelt Hotel in Tao in Las Vegas, in Florida. I stayed at the Versace Mansion. All these like amazing things that we put on fashion shows, me and two other women. Um, Christy Teigen was our model. Like I used to hang out with Christy Teigen, you know, so like we, and I had fashion shows and I was the head designer, even though there were three people working for a celebrity. So you got everything you planned. Everything, but not in the way I imagined in my head, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, we even had a show at LA Fashion Week in the tent. So 
I think that's the thing for people to think about. Same with you. You wanted to be a teacher. It just doesn't look the same way that you thought it was going to look, but it's Mm -hmm. happened. I tell my husband this all the time. Like he's top of his game as a Broadway actor. Like he's, if he wanted to be famous, if that was a goal, he is famous within Broadway, for example. And that is huge. Other people dream of that. Maybe it's not, you know, George Clooney famous, Mm -hmm. but but we all have to kind of, I just want everyone to kind of step back and take perspective of like, think about the things that you wanted in your life. And they may not look exactly like that vision board you put, but there's something that has come from it. Like there, it did work its way out for you all to kind of reflect on that and think like, think about the timelines in your life. So let me step back. I always wanted to be a good mom. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be, I wanted a good father for my kids and I wanted to be a good mom that really paid attention and knew what my kids were doing, which is why I stopped at having two kids because I also want to work and I want to, from what I can handle, I wanted to be able to, I still never feel like this, but that I'm paying enough attention to mm-hmm. them too. I know who their friends are. I know what they're doing in school. I'm able to be part of the PTA. And then that I also can have, I guess, my two businesses. It's been an emotional time for me because if uh-huh. you guys follow us on social media or you get any of my janky emails recently, <laughs> I was on Percocet. Um, I had emergency surgery um, just a little bit ago and it was exactly two weeks after I got back from my epic trip to Thailand. And I think, holy moly, I got my gallbladder out, just so sexy, but uh, <laughs> but it was an emergency. And I think, oh my God, what if that happened? And Mina reflected to me, she's like, you would have thought you had a Thai stomach ache. Like it wouldn't have been, you know what it is. And even coming back from that trip, I needed a reset. So leaving that trip to me, not that it was an eat, pray, love moment, but that trip to me was like, I need to get away for a sec. I need to find who I was before I had kids in my life sort of shifted focus. And because in my 20s, before I had kids, before really my career started, I wanted to go to Thailand. I wanted to do this epic trip. And so I did it. I I did it. I was fortunate enough that my husband and in-laws helped and my sister took off time from work and we did it. We backpacked. I put on a backpack like a college kid. And, um, and I got back and I felt like new perspective for my family and new perspective for my balance and, and feeling like really revived. And then exactly two weeks later, I'm in the hospital by myself, by the way, um, telling the doctor, sure, I'll, I'll go into surgery because my husband was with my kids, you know, by myself, which was pre-kids. So I'm just, I guess just to so, sort of spin off, but like, I'm so reflective on the fact of like, I can't believe all the amazing things that got me here. So like, even the fact that my gallbladder, thank you, gallbladder, wherever you are in the world now, <laughs> like waited two weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, and that I met you and that I found the Biz Chicks podcast through a client, you know, um, Amanda Louise somewhere who told me about the Biz Chicks podcast, which I heard you mentioned on and I met you and then she, I, she is my coach and, or she was my coach and she helped me shift my business and cut to going on this epic trip and then being one organ short. <laughs> yeah. And reverse for me was being in the hospital with my daughter who had open heart surgery and not being able to watch TV or listen to normal music or anything because it was too upsetting for me and discovering podcasts. I've never listened to a podcast before, connected with the Biz Chicks podcast, started listening to that. It was the only thing that did not trigger me during that really dark time of my life. So all I would do is listen to the Biz Chicks podcast over and over, cut to a year later, 
or two years later meeting Jacqueline because of that and cut to another one and a half years later, here we are. And thank the Lord that gallbladder held on. So I guess, I guess just like the dreaming of where I am now, I actually never thought I would be this grateful and loving. So it took me a long time to get here and I worked with a life coach and stuff, but like, and, and not even, I kind of felt this way before I'm a little bit more emotional after the surgery, but before the surgery after Thailand, I just want to tell you all, like, I don't want any of you to have crazy life experiences like that. So if, if you can find it in you to find a way to change it a little bit day by day, like read a good book, like a year of yes, or, or, you know, take some time to sit outside and like not work and, and drink your coffee. Um, whatever you need to do to kind of just find your perspective, if you can find it through our experiences, because we don't want you to have these and you might've had them and you might have made changes and you might've gone back. I might go back, you know, but I did dream of being happy. I think that's going to say I dreamt of being happy and satisfied. And I will tell you that today I feel happy and satisfied with everything. And so, yeah. And so for everyone else, I think a nice exercise might be like going through the phases of your life, be it, I wanted to be a ballerina when I was five. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be, you know, whatever you wanted to be. And go back and reflect on that. Reflect on some of those people that you wanted to be or how you wanted to feel. I know for me, I had not the best childhood sometimes and I wanted to be happy and I wanted to have a happy family. And like, I've made that. And so it wasn't necessarily like, I, when I grow up, I want to be this, but I wanted that feeling in that sense. And I have that. So we wanted to give you guys some actionable steps so that you can actually reflect back and do a little bit of work for yourself. And the first way is a letter to yourself. So in one to two years, if you were to open a letter from yourself, what would it look like now, right? So if you were to write a letter, let's say you open up, let's say I open mine up when I turn 41 to reflect upon what my life was like when I was 40, that is much more powerful than trying to dig deep into my memory bank. So a lot of times people will do that on their birthday, or you might do it at the new year. So something like that, like you you find a time in your life that you're kind of able to be hopeful. I feel like sometimes that's birthdays, like your wish for your next year of life or the beginning of the year. Yeah. And it could have been like, you know, how I asked you earlier in the episode, what is your life now, life now mid-year versus in January? It could be a letter to yourself six months from now. What does your business look like? What does your life look like and what's making you happy now versus what's making you happy then? Yeah. Like every two quarters. That's a good idea. There's going to be some major sales happening in Q4 and everyone's like revving up for that because it's kind of, we're getting to kick back into it all. And so it could also be like this stuff has happened or you've had the summer to take some time. And now I like the letter to myself at the end of the year is I have a financial goal I want to hit. I want to launch a new product. I want to be in X amount of wholesale stores. I want to, you know, build my own website, whatever it is. You could start kind of writing those hopes and dreams, put them away and see if you can tackle them. So what's number two? Number two is your inner mentor. And this is, I think it's Tara Moore and playing big talks about this. So Jacqueline, if you dig into yourself for your inner mentor. It's you in 20 years. So Jacqueline at 
blah, 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 years old. So Mina at 60. What? Oh my God, I can't even. I can't. Let's reverse this. Let's start when we were 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you're supposed to gut check with your inner mentor. What would Mina of 60 tell me at Mina of 40 if I'm at this pivotal moment? I'm like, please help me. Please guide me. What do I need to do? And that is you telling you what you need to do. Yep. Okay. I'd be so wise at 60. Oh, for sure. Like you'd probably say, don't care what other people think, do what you feel is right. You're a good mom and you are a bazillionaire. So no worries, girl. Because at that point, people are bazillionaires (laughs) (laughs) Um, in our sky houses. Um, Yeah, I think think that is a good way to look back because then you guys can do that for yourself just if you need proof because sometimes people need actual proof that like, oh, you could do that. So whatever age you now are now, rewind and try and tell your, you know, oh, this self could have told my 20-year-old self. And so you can you can get that perspective like, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna have different perspective then. Yeah. The next one is 19 in 2019. I think we've mentioned this briefly in a different episode, but basically at the beginning of year, or you guys could do it right now, jot down 19 little things that you want to do. I did this for myself, for my family, for my business, and then for myself. And then you check to see how many of 19 you actually did maybe months later, right? So this is from Gretchen Rubin of, is it Happiness Project or whatever? Um, But she does the 19 in 2019. And then you get to see how many you reached. What's crazy as you say this is the notebook that's in front of me is from the beginning of the year. And I have like 26 things. So quickly read them, see how many you did. So you're mid-year. So you should have, can you cross off 13? Can I cross off 13? Um. Yeah. Nice. Right. So 26 is half of 52, right? So you must've been going for one every other week. So you're right on pace. A thin, leaner, leaner, thin, leaner body because I have no bladder. (laughs) I went to Thailand, was like eating in the jungle. Go to Thailand is on here. (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, an assistant that is awesome and makes things happen. We just oh hired a new assistant today. That I like it. Awesome. So yeah. So um, yeah. Thank you. That was a good reminder. I had it right here next to me. Yeah. So it could be 19 in 2019 or 26 in 26 young years that Jacqueline is. <laughs> I'm so young. Okay. So next one is journaling. And Jack and I both have journals next to our beds. Do we journal in them? We try to. (laughs) So mine is called the I am journal. And each night you do your, you rewrite your burning desire statement. So you figure out what your burning desire is and you rewrite it and you journal on it. Like, did I do the steps? What did I do to get me closer? And what could I work on? And, and I have the gratitude journal. No, no uh, the five-minute journal. Yeah, but it's gratitude in there. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the five-minute journal. Shows you how much I've been writing lately. Um, <laughs> and by the way, everyone, I'm really not that obsessed with age. I just think it's hilarious because we're talking about it right now. But um, yeah. yeah, so that one and what the way that I work, because I'm not that consistent in a lot of ways, is that I will, if I need it, I have it and I'll go for it. So if I really need to feel gratitude and I feel like I need a tool, I'll journal. But Sometimes just for me, like if I can get it out on paper and I can get it out of my head, like I have papers all over my office that I like need to just brain dump on. I bought a couple whiteboards. So for me, sometimes it's just writing it out, getting it out and having it in front of me somewhere to, to reflect back on. 
Yeah. If I ever have gallbladder surgery and don't make it, burn all my notebooks. <laughs> like there's so many and Lord knows what's in there. So, and then delete my Evernote. Okay. <laughs> it's probably like just like really cool recipes and party planning, but sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> the meltdown button, like everything has to melt down. Okay. So last but not least, the last way to reflect on your life is to get people to affirm you. This is exactly what we do in our masterminds. It's because a lot of times you can't see the strengths that other people can. And so when they affirm you, it's just seeing the beautiful things in yourself. They're able to put it in words and speak it to you. And you just have to sit there and receive it. And it's like an Anissa from Pink City Threads, she told us that her favorite part of the mastermind, funny enough, was actually (laughs) the affirmations where it was um, our last session and we all affirmed each other. And it was like a very connected moment. And I actually just got a message from another one of our masterminders that wanted that just said, thank you for what you had said in our affirmations. And this is like two months later, but it's, it's sitting with her and you guys do the same for us in the reviews of the podcast, even, or when you reach out to us in DM and tell us that, you know, something has worked for you or that you love it. Everyone needs a little bit of like a, you know, for yourself, but it does help when others help Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. You definitely need to find other people. Even if you put it on a schedule, I remember like back in my young years, I would go out for New Year's Eve with dinner, like with my sister. Oh yeah, I remember New Year's. <laughs> and we'd usually go out to dinner before we go to the bars, right? And we'd always do like the things that we loved from the previous year and the things we're looking forward to in the coming year. So we'd be like, yeah, but you've also done this, but yeah, remember you're this. And so, because we, we tend to forget and also we're not that nice to ourselves. So, um, would never say what you say to yourself to another person. You just wouldn't, it just never to mean. And so it's really nice. Like when the reason why we do it at the end of the masterminds is because we're sending our masterminders out into the world without us, right? It's like blessing them with all these wonderful things and kind of being like sending your kids off to college or something, you know? And so I think it's a really great way, even if you have a close set of friends, accountability partners that are also business owners, set some time in the schedule, like from six months from now that, hey, at the end of the year, let's do a kind of like pseudo affirmations where we affirm each other. And Or on the day-to-day, send someone a nice note. Like reflect back to them what you see them doing. Like you were, I look, you're building your business and you're really balancing this. Like you're doing such a great job. Do something kind, I think, out for someone. You know, it doesn't yeah. always have to be scheduled. So thank you everyone for listening to us sort of reflect on this. It is ha- it has been quite a couple of weeks for us. <laughs> so my friends, if you want to share any of that with us, we are always on the DM in, on Instagram or we have a post up that it, that has this quote exactly. And if you want to share it or screen save it to your phone so that you can remind yourself of that as you're kind of doing this work. And we'd love to hear, we'd love to hear like who you dreamed of and, um, and that's where you are now. Thanks, everyone. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. 
Until next time, product bosses, let's make it happen.